it's time to fire up the lava lamps and call up your bros on an all-new Discologist where we're talking about mid lakes for the sake of Bethel Woods and spinning new tracks from Holy Hive and Bobby Weir and the Wolf Brothers. Get in the van, y'all, because it's time to go. I thought you were vengeance. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Discologist. Uh, I'm surprised we had time to do this, seeing as like I went to see Batman on Wednesday, and I just got out. So it's a three day <laughs> commitment, huh? It's a three day <laughs> commitment. <laughs> All right. Um, no, it's nice because uh, you know I don't know about you, um, but through this pandemic, I listened to a lot more music. Because it was like right there. You didn't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was okay not going out so much. But now <laughs> that it can for like, I don't know, what, three weeks to either like the next variant or the nukes get us. Uh, right. I feel like, you know, taking advantage of that, going out to dinner somewhere, going to see a movie is kind of nice. Even if the movie is terrible like the Batman. Um, so. I look I look forward to spending the better half of my week uh watch. I think I think if I do that in Power of the Dog, it's probably like a two week commitment. Ooh, so yeah. 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 You need to throw in um is there a Magnolia director's cut? It's like seven hours <laughs> it's just, long. It's just until the end of the world. It's just the <laughs> Right. <laughs> Damn. That is right. You know, I watched that over the man, we're not talking about music at all. Um, watch it over the pandemic. The seven hour cut is, is amazing. Um, yeah, it's, it, is long. it really is. It really is. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it really is. Um, do you want to talk about Spotify? <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> since we're here, <laughs> I've, nah, I've, you know, my, we're, Spotify, we're, Spotify still exists, unfortunately. So that's what <laughs> it does. And we were going to do a whole special on it. Um, cause we tend to be like a little like reactionary, but we know, we know what we're talking about generally. And yeah. I'm glad we didn't because yeah, nothing, nothing fucking changed. Yeah, just and, people, I, and I thought I thought something I thought something might change, and you were steadfast that nothing would change, and you yeah. were right, and I was wrong. Well, you know what changed is like I pulled my music off of of the service. Right. To me, that's the most disappointing part. If there's a, and I've said I think I said this last episode. If uh, you only have like a thousand monthly listeners, like. Pull your music, yeah. Just, just do it. Yeah. Like there, there is n- no point for you to engage with any of that, or never talk shit about Spotify again. <laughs> yeah, like this it, is it, a it, it, massive. This is a massive audio subtweet of someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, but you know, it, it, if if you're totally unwilling. To stand up for this thing that you're complaining about believing in. And and look, everybody's guilty of doing this. I, I certainly am. But if you just absolutely are unwilling to do anything about it, even if it's a small measure, then don't complain. Yeah. Maybe don't because make you yourself like of Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So, you know, everybody, yeah, I hope, I hope we get paid more. Spotify gets better. Maybe I'll go back on Spotify. But for now, uh, or not. Um, we're not. Uh, we're, we're narrowing down our outlets, actually. 
<laughs> soon we'll be, just only be more be, choosy. <laughs> soon we'll only be able to be heard on Substack. But uh, no, we got a we got a great little show for you because we're we're getting into the spring and uh, it, I hate to say this, this brings out the bro, <laughs> the, the bro gene. Yeah, something we've <laughs> talked about. Uh, we're two you know middle aged bros who like bro music, so. Uh, the the feature today is uh, the new Midlake album uh, for the sake of Bethel Woods. It's their return after, I think, like six years, maybe longer. Seems right. 20, no, 2013. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Eight years. 2013. Uh, I talked yeah. to Andre and I talked to Eric um, on that tour. They, they were opening up for Neil Finn and we mm. were in the basement <laughs> talking to Eric. And on the way out, like basically, Andre had to keep me from crashing into Neil Finn's dressing room. <laughs> Just be like, "What's up, <laughs> Mister awesome. Finn?" Uh, yeah, that was in that was in DC. But at, at any rate, uh, a great band. Uh, you know him probably best from uh, Trials of Van Ocky Panther or Roscoe is the song. Mm-hmm. But so we're going to talk about that. But we uh, always want to like feature some stuff that we've been digging. It can be new. It can be old. Um, it uh, or maybe it, it control us. You know. Maybe Correct. I'm going to play you a certain jam band, Eduardo. Today it could this could be this could be my my goose awakening. Oh, I was trying not to say that, <laughs> but you know, uh, maybe, but not yet, because I think I think you should go first because I have a little plan in mind. All so right. what what are you bringing? I am going to kick us off here with uh, the song "The Brooklyn Fairy" by Holy Hive, um, a band that kind of came into um, the foreground for me a little bit during during the pandemic, and uh, I, I think they've been tagged with the dreaded uh, folk folk soul moniker, which is not something that uh, is we should gospel inflected. Is that is yeah? That... Uh, well, it's there's there's some there's some there's some harmonizing um okay. it's it's um i don't know that you'll hear anything explicitly gospel-esque but there is you know there 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 is uh there's some falsetto there is some soulfulness mm-hmm. and there are there are some folky uh instrumentation choices that get made um part of the reason i i, I was thinking of uh this song for this episode is um you know first of all i really liked the float back to you album and they have uh, they have a new one out um, but it also has certain pastoral elements that I think uh, will echo uh, a little bit of what we like about Midlake. And oh, okay. uh, so much so that, in fact, sometimes um, uh, Mary Lattimore is a she's an erstwhile contributor to this band's work. She's not on this track, I don't think. But uh, okay. this this song gives us a good sense of what they do. OK, so I, I'm kind of excited. I've never heard this band. All right. As it, it goes. So it's Holy Hive. Uh, was it? Brooklyn Ferry is the name of the track? Brooklyn Ferry. Yeah. yeah, let's go. On the hill southeast Looked on Shore to shore Face to face River 
film. Yeah, that was uh, Homer, Homer Steinweiss and Paul Spring. I'd be remiss not to mention the two uh, the two band leaders here. Um, I'm 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 hoping that was a little bit outside of your wheelhouse, Kevin, and a little disorienting, but maybe a nice companion piece to Midlake. I I think it is, but like I've never. One of the things we're going to be talking about when we talk about Midlake is you know they're like uh, a long-awaited album, and I. Honestly, don't know what the audience for Midlake is. <laughs> like, yeah. so uh, yeah. because they're so iconoclastic and uh, and so so with this, um, it does a couple things I I don't love that a lot of indie rock does is it starts being good at a particular idiom and then does some things that feels like it has to subvert it to let you mm-hmm. know that it's like alternative. Um, yeah, and you know, I I, I hear this. Uh, it's it, it was fine, and but but I I wonder if they just sort of played it straight. Yeah, but like the Mellotron flutes and stuff that come in and all that stuff that's that's direct from Midlake. So like, I found myself yes. listening to that. I'm like, oh shit! Like, uh, people actually are trying to emulate and copy Midlake, which is not a thing that I've heard. One of the reasons I like Midlake. Yeah, but but yeah, this is a this is an interesting uh, little man. I you know we can sit here while I think about this. It might take a while <laughs> um, because, like I said, I, I like it. I just like it just does a lot of things that typically I'm not gonna like put that on. Yeah, have you have you heard the rest it, of the album? Um, I have, I have. Um, okay. I'm a little bit. I, I I liked their first one a little bit better than this one. Um, it, it, it's uh, but they're both strong. Um, there's, there is something, there is a little bit of a lane here. You know, I can think of a band like Whitney, for example, I think is another group doing a sort of new soul accented folk kind of thing. There's a lot of falsetto harmonies and, um, interesting instrumentation. Um, I don't quite know what to make of this space like you, um, other than the fact that usually when I put on that, that float back to you record it, it's, it's usually the right choice for me. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, will, I, I mean, yeah. I can see that, and, and again, this is stuff I'll be checking out. Uh, my, I mean, you know this, but like, I, I am uh, the music I most consume is soul music. I think. Yep. So I don't have any patience for a band like Whitney, for example. Uh, they're right. fine. They're, they're a good thing. But like, if you're like a pasty white dude doing soul music, I'm, I'm just not at all interested. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't explain my love for father john misty at all but you know <laughs> multitudes and all that yeah. uh yeah so so this is but but again when when it works it works um uh, because that's how that's how that type of music works when it connects to you like uh or i mean fuck phil cook you know mm-hmm. he's he's mm-hmm. doing and and but he's also not fucking with the formula too much yeah yeah um yeah Man, that's that's going to give me a lot to think of, especially in terms of of Midlake, because like the one thing I didn't do in prepping for this is is draw out the genealogy, the family tree. Like where did where did the, where did the influence of Midlake go? That's a real well. I, I'm I'm looking forward. I mean, I think I think we'll explore that a little bit. I yes. think um, there are some. Um, I think I think it's up for debate. Really, what the what the Midlake um legacy is kind of and i think there's you know as someone who was very into van occupanther but then kind of not very engaged by the rest of their discography until now uh 
I may have a different idea of what of what Midlake uh, is and what their influence is on others. Right, right. Um, one thing, moving on, um, that Midlake, uh, this particular album, they've kind of been established as, uh, I, I hesitate to use the word heritage act, right? But for whatever uh -huh. reason, Midlake is uh, regarded as this band that, like, they really did. You know, they did the thing um, it, based on, rightly or wrongly, one track. Yeah. Right? And so that a towering, me, A towering track. Yeah, yeah. And that had yeah. me thinking a lot about about how what we think of artists and what they do and how they evolve because Midlake had you know uh, uh, one of their main songwriters left, um, but then they kept the sound. You know, it's it's a different mode, but it's still Midlake, and and that brought me to a release that I I was looking forward to and really like, which was uh, the Bobby Weir and the Wolf Brothers live in Colorado. Oh, and okay. and the reason is because there's a lot of discussion about what Bob Weir is doing right now. Uh, he's, he collaborated. It, it, you, we've got a whole other show about this. If you want to like check out what we think about the dead, but he collaborated with some of the most uh, competent and influential like writers and performers uh, in music history to create classics. If you're into that, if you're into the dead, like they're, they're not, there's nothing immediate about them. Except for a song like Trucking or like Sugar Magnolia, but there's there's right. this whole massive catalog, and and so you hear Dead and Company go out. Uh, they're not doing studio stuff, and people are like, "Oh, it's slow," and yeah, that that's that that's true. Bob is is getting up there, uh, and you know, but I came around to thinking about it like that's it's just different. You know, this is a guy looking back mm -hmm. on his life, sort of re reevaluating the work that he did, the work that his friends did. He sings some songs that Jerry Garcia sang uh, beautifully uh, in many cases. And it, and it changes yeah. changes these things that, that were done primarily in his youth into very uh, uh, different and meaningful uh, pieces of art. He pushed that further with uh, Bobby Weir and Wolf Brothers, which is just him, uh, Don Was, who... Uh, who runs Blue Note Records, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, and Jay Lane, who played with him in Rat Dog. On this, he's joined by Jeff Chiamenti. I think there's a couple other uh, instrumentalists on there. There's a pedal steel, for example, that shows up on this record. It, it's it's a lovely document of where he is. Uh, and usually this band, though, because it's a trio, is very fussy, very angular. And it's still, it's just wild to see this guy who's created his whole life to go out there and I think he knows like some of it isn't palatable, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just too far. He's like, wants to do jazz reinterpretations of his own stuff. Um, but this one that I want to play uh, is not only one of the best songs he ever penned. Uh, this is just a great fucking version of it. Uh, and it is, looks like rain. Uh, it comes about halfway through the set and uh, we're not going to play the whole thing because it's about nine minutes long. But uh, but it's it's fantastic, and and as spring approaches, we ease into the Grateful Dead season. So let's hear a little bit of this. Looks like rain from Bobby Weir and the Wolf Brothers. Woke today, 
side of bed Covers were still warm Where you can land You were gone My heart was filled with Good bit of looks like rain from Bobby Weir and the Wolf Brothers. Uh, Eduardo, you had a look in your face and you did not see that coming. Oof, I did not see that coming, and um, I was not emotionally prepared. Um, <laughs> I was, I was just, um, just the other day, I was driving because it is spring, and that that usually portends uh, Grateful Dead music in my life. And I was just listening around the other day, uh, driving around listening to uh, Dave's picks from 1973. With a really lovely version of it, looks like rain on it, um, followed by the weather report suite, and I was just sat there thinking, God, you know, Bobby has such, such great songs um, mm-hmm. that are so strongly associated with him, and they keep changing and evolving, and that was that was a really, 
that was really nice. That was really yeah. nice. I was really yeah. happy to hear and, that. And, and and with them, you know, it is very much. Uh, I, I think it's identifiable as as dead adjacent. But there's there's enough yeah. there's enough different in there to where it's like oh this is, um, and not not like a band doing a cover, you know it's it, he he wrote the song, right? And I really I really like um you know I like when artists continue to look for the right outfit for a song is kind of how I think of that right mm -hmm. it's like you have the same the song is the same person you're just dressing it differently as the years go yeah. by and as you change you sort of you know you put it in different outfits and I think and I've, I've quoted this before but you know Tom Waits has a great line about how you can sing a song a hundred times until you learn how it wants to be sung um, and sometimes yeah. you think a song wants to be loud but 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 it's actually quiet sometimes it's the other way around sometimes you think it's fast but the song tells you it needs to be slow and so I just love you know the way that um, folks with this kind of longevity dylan is another prime example of just mm -hmm. you know you look for different ways to bring a song to life and to give it relevance in that in that moment and hearing bobby at this station of his life um singing those words that he's been singing for 40 plus years now yeah uh longer than that um there's a lot of weight to that that's that was yeah well that, the that song the song became i for me at least it was about a uh, in the beginning it was about a relationship and it was it was it was kind of like van philosophizing the relationship like oh my old lady's gone that type of thing so you didn't mm -hmm. feel too bad right you know but you could tell like yeah. this guy awoken he was awoken to his feelings um and as time has gone on and especially in this version and uh and when dead and company play it uh it, it feels more about mortality about saying goodbye yeah. Um, well, it's a song about loss, and yes. Bobby has Bobby has lost more people than than a lot of people. Um, you know, you 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 know these 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 figures who are survivors by definition, you know, are are folks who have outlived a lot of their peers, and um and you know, it's just an incalculable amount of grief that goes into a song, and so and so there's also the charm of like, well, here's a song that you wrote as a as a young man. Um, thinking about these big emotions, and now here's how you see the song as a as a much older man looking back on that younger man with kindness and sympathy, but also saying, "Wow, yeah. you really, you know, the world the world was was going to throw you a bunch of curveballs that you didn't know were coming." Yep, yep. And then uh, and look, this that's kind of the gist of the whole project. I think um, it, it is. Uh, he put out an album a couple years ago called Blue Mountain, which is fantastic, like mm -hmm. way better than it had any business being. Yeah. Um, there's some there's some work off that and uh there's just some um some really great reinterpretation of what I think everybody should be considering American classics. Uh Fair. whether you whether you find yourself drawn to the dead or, or rejected by it, you know, is is a whole a whole different thing. But uh and again we have a show that we could maybe Turn you towards uh, the side of the dead because I think I think that's a good, yeah. um, it's a good level. It's like accepting um, Pablo Honey into your heart. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, uh, that's the quest. That's the cause that Kevin and I will give our lives to. Yeah, but this is this has been a this has been a good. good I picked it up on wax. It's been a great, great, you know, times sitting around listening to it. Um, and uh, yeah, so. 
interesting songs. I, I don't yeah. know like what we're uh, you know thematically leading up to, but I know we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about Mid Lakes for the sake of Bethel Woods. So uh, hang tight, hit a bong, whatever you need to do. We'll be back in a few. <laughs> of the title track uh, for the sake of Bethel Woods. Bethel Woods refers to uh, Woodstock. Basically, just the short mm-hmm. version. Um, this is an album about uh, one of his bandmates' father who was there. Uh, and, uh, you know, this idea that uh, it was a, a better world, more connected to nature, um, whether that was true <laughs> you know i think we've seen evidence that woodstock wasn't wasn't quite all that uh definitely not woodstock 99 but the sentiment remains and that's been a i think a hallmark of midlake since they they started they've, they've always been a weird like approximation of english folk you know yes if, if you yeah, if you, nobody Anglican tells you quality yeah. if nobody tells you that they're from denton texas you're going to be like they're from some upper like northern england or something uh there's a fairport just, convention kind of you know it's, it sort of feels like they're kind of descended from from some of those uh from that strain that uh and i always like to say it sort of bypasses the blues it's just a different different approach it, to, it to does. melody and structure. It, it, it also yeah. the band most likely to uh he- be headlining a Ren Fair. Uh and I and I yes. mean that <laughs> I mean that like very seriously. So uh, one thing about the the Holy Hive track that you played, you know, there's these Mellotron flutes in there, which is it, it Radiohead employs them. It 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 basically brings forth an idea of of Anglo, of Britishness, no matter mm-hmm. like how they're used. Uh they've they've been a staple of their sound. 
throughout the duration of this band. Uh, they had a couple albums, I think two albums before the big one, which was Trials of the Anarchy Panther. Uh, had Roscoe, which was the hit. I was not paying attention to indie rock so much at that point in time. So I don't know how that got through to me, but I did. I like that album remains one of my Desert Island albums because I think it's just it take, it fixes everything that I, I don't like about Fairport Convention and and puts it all into this thing. You know, people were calling them the the uh, the Texas Radiohead for a while. Uh, then like other lives, that band uh, got that title or something. But it's typically, uh, as you just heard, it's typically sort of sort of lush, uh, a little abstract, uh, a little edgy. There's an there's a an urgency to the songs um, in every song. Yeah. Like like this is this is important. Um, you know. And even that song is about, it sounds at some point like it's about prepping. Like, I've been ready to cut out for a long time, which I think after this pandemic is a sentiment a lot of us maybe share uh, more so than than before. Yeah, well, well, certainly the the idea that, you know, I think I think the the Woodstock uh, driving motif is, you know, whether it. Whatever it was, uh, there's an idea that it was pure, and there's an idea that there is this state of purity that that we've uh, strayed from, mm-hmm. um, and that feeling is, um, you know, that connects it in my mind directly to Van Occupanther because there is this this sort of mourning, uh, you know, a, a lost innocence, a kind of, you know, gathering gathering things in the woods and kind of making a living, making a hard living. It's not not easy. The world is always trying to kill you, but but there's right. there's grace and there's um, companionship and 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 beauty in that. And I think what what really, um, you know, there are probably two main qualities in the music that always seem to me to be a little bit in conflict. One is that kind of pastoral folky element and the other is just the sort of hard driving shag rug 70s uh rock kind of feeling and um and it sound you know having having checked out um uh from uh you know for for a number of years i mean i mean van occupanther for me was an e-music uh download back when e-music had unlimited downloads if you paid 30 bucks a month and they're forever associated with with a very specific time frame in my mind and roscoe uh, in addition to being just a great song on its own, really highlights what the band can do when they're kind of charging. That's a song that just is dynamic. It picks up movement. It seems to grow in volume and in intensity as the song goes on. Yeah. And every time you put it on for someone, that it about two minutes in, there's that moment where they're just like, oh my God, this song is incredible. Why doesn't all music do what this song is doing? And, another band and I, heard, that did, I heard that on this album. Yeah, another band that did that uh, really well was Arcade Fire on the first album, yes. on Funeral. And, and 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 I don't know if it's a communal sound. Uh, there's a lot of similarity between this band and Woods as far as, yes. I think, what they're Woods trying to accomplish and what their sound yeah. is. I don't. I didn't have time to go back and find out, like, which came first here. Um, so, so a couple questions that I, I found myself asking about me, like, first of all, uh, the album is 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 fantastic. It is more, you know, there was the courage of others, which uh, I'm not I'm not going to comment on that. But Tim Smith left. Tim Smith left the band. It's an interesting album. Uh, it, it was not uh, necessarily a good follow up to something like Van Rocky Panther. But 
mm-hmm. you know you should certainly explore an artist's entire catalog like th- it, there's no there's no this album without that uh, and a lot of that shows up in here antiphon uh in 2013 was really this the, the polito taking the lead he comes out and it, it was it sounded fantastic. One of the hallmarks of this band is that they they're doing magic in the studio, like Jeff Lynne level like magic. Yeah. Um, and it sounded fantastic. It didn't feel like connected to to the you know to nature um, like the other ones had. Uh, and almost like even if you say the word antiphon, like that feels like a little sci fi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But 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 this this really brought it back to it. But like, I find myself wondering how did how did they get to this sound? <laughs> like, how did do, how does yeah? So, well, first of all, <laughs> there's there's a I mean Denton, Denton, Texas has has a whole scene right, um, yeah. and um, and and I think uh, the reason that a lot of us folks who aren't from Denton might know about that is because of bands like Mid Lake making it out and calling attention to what the best they, ever non-death metal band out of Denton could, could do. Um, but, but they, and I, and Van Hockey Panther, I feel like, I feel like the liner notes say that it was like, it was mastered in someone's house. Like it wasn't, uh, wasn't like a, a massive right. studio job. Right. Um, which is, which is saying something now, what, what really, um, comes through when you read, uh, what the band is saying about the new album is this sense that, this is the music that the band thinks that they should be making. And it's not them chasing one person's idea of what uh, Midlake should be, but rather the, you know, the band organically uh, moving through the kind of music it wants to make. And I have to say that that's, if that's, if that's, if that's all it took, then, then we have, we have a lot of exciting stuff ahead because um, this is a band that sounds like it's, it's, it's ready to make a lot of that music and it's really good. Yeah. And, 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 you know, speaking of Denton, I know from, and I'm sure this is just expanded, uh, but from talking to Eric years ago for Antiphon, like they, like they have a studio there. Uh, they own bars, they own restaurants, like they have made it their home, but they also invest in the community. So, you know, he said at the time, like they could just finish recording and then go over to like the bass player's restaurant or something, which is next door. Yeah. yeah. And, and this great. very organic way of, of creating, uh, which is something that like personally I've always advocated for, like you need to like be, you need to integrate that in your life. If you, if you're able, it's, it's certainly a very privileged position to be in, uh, but yeah. it, it will always produce better work if you're if you're more in touch with that i want to play a track now this is they they wrote this song about uh basically their time off you know and and what it meant and there's a lot of vibes on this record uh there's some deep like radiohead vibes uh there's a song i know uh we feast of carrion is in uh noble which is about one of their sons uh there's a lot of it sounds like Jeff Lynn. There's a lot of like ELO influence. And it's yeah. not it's not it doesn't jump out at you, but it's it's certainly there. Um and then there's even, you know, the the one of the last tracks, the end, sounds like it could show up on the division bell. Yes. So so yeah, so you're taking you, you, and Pink Floyd's the division bell. So you're taking all these parts of uh 
white dude rock history. Maybe this this is why this works. Um, <laughs> why, why why I'm going to call it brocore? Uh, because <laughs> you're taking all these parts and and making something new out of it. And I don't know how many bands actually succeed at th- this level. So uh, I want to play Meanwhile and see if you can place it though, because I can't really place where it's coming from. It's a it's a great track, but it is very much like, huh? This is like covering a lot of ground. So here's Meanwhile off uh, For the Sake of Bethlehem. Oh, it's clear. All the little things that brought us here were the in that lava lamp and let's 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 get it <laughs> yeah well there's there's um one of the things that that always uh gets me with midlake is that they make what they're doing seem so logical and so easy that that when you hear it you just have this moment of just like well wait if it's really that easy to pull these things together why why can't i do it why doesn't everyone do it right and yeah. <laughs> and um, and that's and and I think I think there's a way in which um, they, they they assemble these things, um, and it's not just assembly. They're also they're they're creating. I don't mean to sound like they're just borrowing, but but you know there there are parts of of that that you could hear as maybe a B side on Summer Teeth or an outtake of from being there or something like yeah, that. There's got there's sure. that um, uh, there's that strain of songwriting that you hear. There's the there's the ELO um, piece too, and then I, you know, there's there's a thing they do with with their lyrics, which is that there's a there's a quality where it feels like the song is always starting in the middle of a story, and you're playing catch up a little bit. Yeah, um, Ros- Roscoe does that a lot. When suddenly you're like, wait a minute, what's happening in 1891? How did how did the song go back to then? Yeah. Um, and, and, and here there's that sense of, you know, meanwhile, all this stuff is happening and you, and it just immediately makes you want to like lean into the song and know what's happening. Yeah. And, and in that it's, it's almost like, you know, historical fiction, um, through, yeah. through music. Yeah. And so. An interesting thing about this is so they have, uh, produced and mixed and mastered their own releases up until now. 
Uh, this is the first time, and and this sounds more like the more like Van Ocky Panther than yeah. Antiphon or Courage of Others. Uh, John Congleton, uh, who has done uh, Saint Vincent, Sharon Van Etten, uh, another Texas band, Explosion in the Sky. Uh, he he produces, so you know they're working with somebody. I think who came to it like y- you can be very good at being yourself and mixing and mastering all that stuff yourself but also what is good is to have somebody on the outside to like to always put in there but he had, obviously came with his his preformed idea of what midlake should be and then that that's what shows up here on, on the record um with the as far as the lyrics go and i i think i like songs that tell stories I think all songs should tell stories. I think good songwriters would, would agree there. Um, and uh, there's, again, it's like, why doesn't everybody, why is not everybody able to do this? Because a lot of people do this and you hear it and you're just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, and, and, and obviously if we had the answer to that, we could, we could be out there, uh, yeah. to be out there making these uh these songs but but i do you know it, it's um it points me toward the question you asked i think at the top of the show a little bit which is which is what do we do with this now and who is this for now and what is the audience um and and also you know on on some level what you know it, it, is it is it we're we're obviously celebrating the fact that this sounds like something that we already associate with this band and is that, you know, is, is, um, it feels like a step forward, but, but it is, it is very, it is very deliberately, I think a song that evokes, um, some of our favorite things about, about this band sound. So I think, I think there's a tension there about what do you do as, and they're not a legacy act, but they're, but they're an established act. They've been around for a while. So well, well, let's talk about that though a, a little bit. Like, are they, Yeah. are they not? You know, if you if you go eight years between albums and people are like really into it and it's it ends up being a really great album. Like, I, I don't know. New artists do not have that luxury. Um, and and I, I like. I don't want to sound too critical, but like the material between this and Van Aki Panther doesn't necessarily support a reputation. Yeah, yeah, I, it feels they, they, they're it, obviously way more talented, uh, or they're they're as talented as they seem to be, but people, most the general public is only going to know Van Occupant there. Yeah, and my version of sort of like big history here is that with with a band like this, maybe maybe what you're seeing is that, uh, you know, the music industry is a different music industry now than it was eight years ago. Yeah, and the yeah. things that you would that you would be chasing eight years ago are not the things you'd be chasing today. And so maybe if you're a band that had, you know, one song that or one album that really kind of blew up and you felt like you had to kind of uh, chase that wave and live in the shadow of that a little bit. Um, what you get to do now is to come out and say, actually, this is this is who we are. And, and we're not doing this for commercial success. We're not doing this to be relevant. We're doing this because in a in a in a music industry where uh commercial success is never going to look like what it looked like 10 or 15 years ago we're just going to make the music we want to make yeah and and i think i found a better like more negative or less negative way way to put what i'm trying to say here uh van occupanther came out in 2006 yeah so 16 years 
Um, and and these guys still have a, a, a pretty good career. Uh, people look forward to what they're going to do, which is simply a testament to the fact that how right they did it then, and means that it wasn't it wasn't trickery. It wasn't uh, bands can make like lesser albums. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say they should make Van Ocky Panther over and over and over, but it it let everybody in on the secret of like shit. These guys are are a fantastic group of musicians, um, and. I'm going to check in whenever uh, they produce something, which sort of gets to my next question. Uh, this is really tapping the dude bird gene. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, this, and, this and is, it, is, is that good? Well, the, the part of me, you know, one thing that hasn't happened in the 16 years since Van Occupanther is no one else has put out, you know, there hasn't been another Roscoe. Um, no. a lot of stuff has happened since then, but no one else has, has sort of, has, has figured out how to make a song that is that, that feels like that sort of giant coming awake and, and commanding your attention. Uh, so maybe there is, you know, is it, it's not, <laughs> This isn't this isn't an album for toxic males. This is an album for uh, for guys who want, who want the dude bro gene, well, and yeah. So so when I say dude bro, I I mean like we're sitting around the fire. Maybe we've got something in the smoker. Like you know, honestly, if you play this three times in a mirror, like saying into a mirror, it summons Andre. But uh, <laughs> you know the, you know that type of thing. Uh, you know, or you're just you're you're sitting like sipping a little whiskey, uh, enjoying a nice uh, psychedelic. You know, if that's mm -hmm. if that's your thing, it's it's very those, uh, to my mind, like dude centric behaviors, and a very specific type of dude that I don't necessarily consider myself to be that. But if you ask somebody, well, if you ask literally anybody who knows me, they're like, oh yeah, no. You know, when Roadkill Ghost Choir makes an album and it sounds like the inside of my head, like it's pretty obvious that <laughs> 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 we're like blinded, and this does sound very much like. You know, I, I enjoy a whole lot of music. I, I listen to a lot more jazz these days than anything else. But I hear this, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, fire yes. up the van." Get the, I was going to say the van, the uh, mm -hmm. you know these um, those like beaded curtains instead of doors. Uh, <laughs> I just got beaded curtains for the basement. <laughs> there you go. Um, and there's a lava wearing... lamp. Yeah, well, uh, I was going to say like a drug rug or a Baja. Like these are all, yeah. these are, the, the aesthetic is all there. Black Light Posters has Take Me to Your Dealer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but is it's that, ironic that, now when we do it. Is that bad though? That that's that means should should you or I feel bad about that? I I no I I I don't think I don't think we should um and and I uh, I don't I don't know that I have a grand like a grand theory worked out as to why but I but I but I do think that that there are signifiers of of I don't know masculinity or whatever yeah um uh, that are just associated forever with with a flavor of seventies rock and I think being able to dial that in without having it be like oppressively testosterone-y and uh and dude centric but in a in, in, something about this like like in this situation where we're out in the woods sipping mushroom tea and whiskey um we're not hunting right and right. there and and there are a few significant others there maybe it's very dude heavy but it's not all dudes right yeah. so it's it's not you know we're not 
and and we're not listening to the Joe Rogan podcast on the drive out to the woods. No, and and our boots aren't by the door ready to get on down the road because you know, right. been with the old lady like <laughs> right. like like a long enough time. I mean that's that's an interesting uh, thing, and, and I think that extends to a lot of music like this. Uh, the difference for me, and I think you, is that people uh, a lot of times craft their identities around art, like tie it really heavily to art. Um, that's the only explanation I can think of for like people my age who get really excited when Motley Crue is coming through town. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's like you, and look, that's great music, but it's like, you never like that. That's, that's as far as you can go because it's like hyper masculine, you know, with right. it. Um, and, and stuff like this, uh, it you know you could call it war on drugs core too. That that I mean, exact same sure. audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, it becomes a situation where you can't talk bad about it because you know you're like it's it's threatening so many people's identity. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that you just have you yeah. have to you have to like war on drugs, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple other artists, but we'll pick on them for a while, but. Uh, this just never struck me as that popular. So, so again, that's kind of still a little toxic because I'm like, uh, this is like the band nobody heard. This is like, this is like, yeah. And, and, and you really, like, I, I try to really get away from that type of thing, like defining, using the art I consume to define myself in any way. Right. Because the second right. you start doing that, so. you start conflict. Right. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you become attached to it for the wrong reasons. And yes. Um, right. And so we so I think what we're saying is that we both celebrate and are wary of what this says about us. Yeah. 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 Like when you come back to Wisconsin, I guarantee you we'll, we'll just sit out in the woods and we'll fucking like listen to this. I mean, Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. It's just it just makes so much damn sense. But yeah. like if you if you put it in front of like again uh, Daria like she's just like no like you got, you guys <laughs> right. go and she loves like Roscoe and and that album but like she's like you guys just go have your little like journey into outer space take your space whales Ooh. ride them out there whatever you got to do and uh, and and it's fascinating to me and, I, and I, at some point I don't think this album is gonna or this conversation is going to like wrap this up as far as figuring out what that actually says about a person. Um, you know, I'd love to say it as it just means like we're groovier, <laughs> you yeah. know? but that's not, that's well, certainly not an answer. <laughs> well, the big, the big question. And I think the fun experiment is, is now we get to find out how this, how this plays in 2022. And yeah. I, you know, I intend to see these guys live when they tour and I want to oh, see yeah. what that room is like. I want to see who else is in that room. I want to see what it feels like. I want to see how they, how they talk about it and how they, how they present, uh, mid Lake to a 2022 audience. Yeah. Because like you would also expect, and I don't have the tour dates up in front of me or do I? No, I don't. Uh, let's see. We have tour dates. So if we're looking at, the type of places they're playing. Okay, they're playing the Mohawk. No, that's that's South by Southwest. No, those are all weird. <laughs> they're playing a lot of England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're playing a Union Stage. 
in Washington D.C. Okay, that makes sense. That makes so sense. So you have this band that, like, I consider to be one of the better bands of of this twenty first century, uh, who's been gone, who has people are like really all about like this new release, playing a, what like a thousand seat, seven hundred fifty seat venue. Yeah, probably probably seven fifty. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's good. Well, the Von Von Helms Barn, in Woodstock. Huh. Let's Valley see how their Barn. how their South by showcase goes. Yeah, yeah. I sent I sent Eduardo, uh, not Eduardo, uh, Mauricio out there. Yeah, <laughs> to to go. But uh, yeah. So so at any rate, I think what we're saying is like you should like Mid Lake, right? Yeah, yeah. There's there's uh, you should you should. I mean. <laughs> Some of these songs are just undeniable, and and yes. you'll be you'll you'll save yourself time and energy by not fighting them. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to win in the end. That also applies to Father John Misty, which we're going to talk about in a few weeks. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's that's the same vibe, man. Like I, yeah. I literally crossed that hurdle this week, where I was just like, you know what, God damn it, I like. I think I can identify what he's doing right, and I and I like it all. So that's my uh, next. No, that's my next no, plunge. Yeah, no irony, nothing. It's just like, damn, that's he's doing it. He's doing it well. So all right, Mister Tillman. Yeah, yeah. And so it's Midlake. So I, I hope I get a chance to see him. Uh, I don't think I can make it out to the DC date, but uh, maybe we'll get him in Milwaukee or Chicago or something like that. Uh, so yeah, so that's about it. You have anything else to uh, to add to this discussion about Dubronus? You, you, you um, know, dude, we're taping during the day. You should have had your galaxy light on. <laughs> I had it. I had it last night. I had it last night. It'll okay. be on. It'll be on again tonight. But uh, it's sunny right now, and I'm gonna go uh, eat some oysters. I think. Oh shit! Just nice. Have myself an afternoon. Nice yeah. at uh, at uh, Union Market. At Rappahannock, yeah. I like it. It's it's like you know? fifty here, which means shorts and people are <laughs> swimming pools open up. Uh, it's great. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm gonna go uh, because it's fifty. I'm gonna go uh, set up the hammock in the back and uh, put this on. Here, here. Just to hang out with our uh, athletic non non alcoholic beers. They can sponsor us if they want. Um, coming up, I think what we're I I, I would like to explore this more uh, during the season at least of what we're doing. Like this yeah. type of thing. I know, I know the mission is to not talk about this stuff as much. To like push ourselves. But at the same time, like you said, it's it's undeniable. Just give in because the you know, the building blocks of, of basic non terrible dudeness in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. Uh we will talk to all of y'all soon.